Hello from elsewhere. I'm Valerie, and I'm sitting on the lovely grounds of Pemberley, joined by author Madison Bailey, who recently published her debut novel, Hemiola. Not only does Madison write, but she is a fellow sewer like myself. She lives in Chicago with her husband and is just the nicest person you will ever meet. Seriously, she's the sweetest. Welcome, Madison. Hi, thank you so much for that sweet intro. (laughs) You're the sweetest. Oh, I'm just so excited to be talking to you tonight. Thank you. I'm so excited, too. (laughs) So before we get started on our full topic here, I want to ask, what is your first memory of a story, whether it's a movie or a book or just any type of fiction? What's your first memory? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, So when I was young, my mom read to us a lot like a lot, a lot. That was like one of my earliest memories is my mom reading to us. And specifically, my favorite was Goodnight Moon. And she read it to us so much, or I guess I suppose I I requested it so much that actually before I could even read, I had it memorized. And that has always just been, even now to this day, like that's such a comforting story to me to just read through, you know, this little children's book, Goodnight Moon. And yes, I think that's my earliest memory of any story and it's still one of my favorites (laughs) that's lovely i haven't read that one to my children i'm gonna have to go find it i mean i'm pretty sure i have read it as a kid but i don't think i've ever read it to them it's a classic yeah no it's a good one it's very relaxing (laughs) so the big question of the night madison what piece of fiction do you love above all others oh such a hard one it honestly is but i think if i had to say i would say pride and prejudice by Jane Austen. Was it a difficult question to answer? Absolutely it was. <laughs> I, I'm i currently rereading Harry Potter because, you know, that just feels like the perfect book to read in like the fall turning to winter, you know, absolutely that. And so when you said, when you originally asked that, I my mind was like, oh, Harry Potter. And, and although I do love, love Harry Potter to the ends of the earth and I will reread it for the rest of my life. I think that if I was stranded on a desert island, if I had to choose a single book, it would be Pride and Prejudice because I just, it is my deep love. <laughs> I'm with you. It's one that I don't get sick of. I'm can read it many times. Agreed. Yeah, same. What's your first memory of Pride and Prejudice? Oh, so I was about um, 13 or 14, I think. I was in ninth grade. So yeah, 14. And um, growing up, my mom is the hopeless romantic of our family. She's the reason I'm a hopeless romantic. And I, (laughs) you know, am inspired to write romance. But um, we grew up watching those movies, but I had never read it. And we didn't have a copy in the house. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like find a copy and read this. But I don't know what, like, for some reason, I was just like, I want to read Pride and Prejudice. And so on a Friday afternoon after school, I went to my middle school library and checked out a copy and came home and started reading it. And by Sunday night, I had finished it, was ready to return it to the library. And I just remember like sitting down and being just enamored from page one by the beautiful language and the beautiful story. And I think seeing the movies before had helped me, helped the story become more vivid in my mind. It was one of those, one of the first books I think I just remember sitting down and thinking, I cannot put this down. Well, I suppose I had read Harry Potter before that, but so it was one of the first, I suppose. (laughs) But just ever since, I've just, I read those first lines, which I have memorized, and I am just like transported back to that little 13-year-old or 14-year-old sitting in my bedroom, you know, discovering Jane Austen for the first time, but it never gets old. (laughs) I like that you said that you'd watched the movies first, so you had some background for them. 
I remember yes. reading the books and I had never seen any of the movies, um, Jane Austen's books. And I was like a Phaeton and a Curacle. And I was yes. like, I don't know, I guess they're carriages of some kind. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> skip that and move <laughs> <Yes>. on. Like, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. No, that was definitely, I was like, what, what is this? I had my little dictionary app open next to oh, me. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and I had to Google a few, th- or I guess, you know, look up a few things. Do you mean that you had a phone when you were reading Pride and Prejudice? Yes, I did. That makes me feel old. <laughs> I would have had to go to my computer. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't dial-up. I don't think it was Wi-Fi yet either. <laughs> yes, yep, I did I have my phone. Or I would have had to pull a dictionary off the shelf and look up. The oh, word. yes. I didn't like bother. Up, I just moved on. Manually. You're just like, I get a guess from the context that this is a carriage and you we're going to be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's also Some a good way to do vehicle. it, though, because you're right. Yeah. <laughs> a fiend is a carriage. <laughs> so how would you describe Pride and Prejudice to somebody who has never seen it or, you know, never read it, never watched the movies before? I mean, I think I would... That's a good question. Would I just, like, launch into a summary, maybe? I guess I would just say it's the story of these five daughters and they are about to... Well, their father is... Their parents, I guess, are worried about their marriage prospects because if their father dies, they do not inherit their their home. And so they're going to be homeless, essentially, if their crazy cousin kicks them out. And so it's just about these five daughters maneuvering through love and marriage. And specifically, you know, the one daughter whom we all love, Elizabeth Bennett, is we kind of see the story through her perspective. And she's sassy and quick-witted. And she's very ahead of her time. I think a lot of readers today will relate to her. And her Mr. Darcy, who everybody... I think everybody longs for a Mr. Darcy, too. That's not a very good pitch for this story. <laughs> I think it is. But it makes me want to reread it. So I think we're Yeah, no. If you just want a sassy heroine and a swoon-worthy hero, you're in for a good time if you pick up Pride and Prejudice. I love that their relationship starts off so rocky, too, because I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of us can relate to that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And so what does Pride and Prejudice say on a on a thematic level? This is so good. I could talk about this for hours. So, <laughs> so I think there's lots of different themes, but I think the one that um, I love the most is about first impressions and the first impressions we make on people and also the first impressions that we take from other people and how we let that kind of direct the way we think of them for the rest of their lives. You know, like the first time Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth meet, he they're at a ball and Uh, Charles Bingley is saying, you know, come dance. Why aren't you dancing? And he says something to the effect that there are no women there to tempt him that he would like to dance with. And Mr. Bingley says, well, what about, you know, this beautiful Elizabeth Bennet? And he says something to the effect of, oh, she's not beautiful enough for me to dance with. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and he comes off to the reader. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, he needed a little, uh, filter there but you know he comes off to the reader and to Elizabeth as just like this snobby prideful man um and Elizabeth kind of lets that be her image of him for so long. I argue that Pride and Prejudice could be renamed Darcy and Elizabeth because I think that Darcy totally uh, encapsulates the pride where Elizabeth is the prejudice and you see them together as they fall in love um, and go through the story, you know, you see them change and th- and you realize that, you know, Mr. Darcy isn't the prideful idiot. He 
you know, makes himself out to be in that first ball. And Elizabeth learns that she doesn't she doesn't need to make such snap judgment about judgments about people in the movie version and i can't recall if this is a line taken from the book but there's a scene towards the very end right before mr darcy makes his second and successful proposal (laughs) um and darcy era elizabeth says she's been so blind and talks about the many things that mr darcy has done over the story to kind of redeem himself so i think I love that. I love that reminder that not everybody is who they first appear to be. And I mean, it's a widely known fact that Jane Austen's working title for that manuscript was First Impressions. And I think that that, that's like the biggest and ultimate theme, you know. And of course, it has themes of, you know, love. And another another theme I love in it is, is marriage for love or profit. And which, you know, may not fit in a th- in theme today, but thinking about what she was writing about, what she was being forced, what Jane Austen, I mean, what she was being forced to consider was was love, or which marriage for love or for profit and or for advancement. I don't know. I think that she explains that so beautifully because I think we all hope for, you know, that swoon-worthy, sweep-me-off-my-feet whirlwind kind of romance. And I don't know. I love that. I love that theme too, you know, is that we can all we all have our love stories even the most stubborn of us and the most definitely there's there's somebody for everybody i don't know yeah Yeah, absolutely and i think that's an encouraging theme you know we all have whether you believe in soulmates or not i guess you have you we all have our one person and and he is out there or she (laughs) so i love that theme too so yeah first impressions love marriage such good good themes i could talk about it for days Fantastic i feel like i'm getting themes. a little rambly <laughs> no i love that you were talking about the title being first impressions i feel like i learned that at some point but i had completely forgotten it yeah. and i think that would also be a great title i've read i read an article once and i was talking about how we make judgments when we meet somebody we judge them in the first tenth of a second like oh, our wow. opinion is that fast and it's really hard to change that opinion that we make mm-hmm. And so yeah. I feel like this, yeah, that theme is totally relatable to the oh, yeah, today. So we universal. still do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Centuries later. And I think that's what I love about Jane Austen is that she was writing, you know, I mentioned that maybe the one theme about like his marriage, marriage for love or marriage for advancement, social advancement <laughs> was kind of a theme that doesn't doesn't ring true today because that's not really something that we deal with. But but the whole first impression thing, like there's been there's science behind that now you know and that's why i think jane austen is so brilliant is because she she's she picked such universal themes not only for the readers of her time but readers century later and oh i would love if i could do that <laughs> right because as much as she's talking about her day and age she's also talking about mm-hmm. the people and people are still the same oh, for sure they're still meddling Absolutely. mothers and they're still prideful people or those who think they're above others or they're still you know all of those yeah characteristics of her characters are still relevant yeah yeah now of the you mentioned that you've seen the movies so of the Mm -hmm. two prime prejudice movies the bbc version or the kira knightley version which one's your favorite oh that's so hard too because i mean i think they both definitely have their merits and i love that the bbc version spares no detail it is so true to the story so true to what she wrote which is so fun but i love the kira knightley one because if you just need your quick fix of jane austen for the afternoon or which i mean don't we all and every <laughs> if you want to see <laughs> yes oh for sure but if you just want to see just a cinematically stunning piece of fiction check out the Kira knightley version because that is just 
beautiful on so many in so many respects that it's just a beautiful movie <laughs> i think if i would have to say again the desert island thing if i had to take one of the th- versions it would definitely be the Keira knightley version <laughs> i'm with you i love them both like you said the bbc you get every single detail and dialogue is word for word from the book which is fun mm-hmm but I love, yeah, yeah. I love how beautiful the Kira Knightley one is. My two mm-hmm. favorite scenes are the one where she's spinning on the swing and time, oh, yes. and time is gorgeous. passing around her. Mm-hmm. Just love that. And then the one where it's she's gorgeous. standing up on the cliff. Oh, and there's yes. Like, yeah, that one is just every yes. time I'm like, oh, I want to move to that spot. <laughs> and the music that's playing just gives me chills every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think my favorite scene in that movie is at the very end where she can't sleep and Catherine de Berg has come to insist that she doesn't marry Darcy and so she walks into the field and she's it's all misty and she doesn't have her hair done it's just like down and Mr. Darcy comes through and he's just in his coat and his white shirt and I'm just like oh my goodness sakes that is just so beautiful <laughs> and it's and such a swoon and yes yes it's and the sun is just barely rising and Oh, it's swoonworthy. Yep. And that's the moment where I'm just like, yep, I am a romantic through and through. <laughs> I have to watch that scene a few times every time I watch it. So, oh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. So that movie, 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> I absolutely agree. It's the first movie that I went and saw twice in theaters when I was in high school Oh, because I just loved it so much. I was like, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, well, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful cinematography. It's and then I bought perfect. the really I is. bought the CD soundtrack because I wanted to listen oh. to that all the time too. So oh my gosh, yes, it is the most beautiful soundtrack ever, ever. Every time I just like hear the opening, you know, the opening notes, I'm just like, yep, okay, this is Maddie's happy place. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've arrived. <laughs> it's so beautiful. What I love about the that movie version is that even my dad finds it hilarious. It's not his kind of movie but he Mm -hmm. laughs so hard at the scene where Darcy and Bingley are coming to visit and like catching them (laughs) unaware and the women are hurrying to you know put things away and then they they pan back to them and they're all just sitting perfectly and my dad just laughs so hard at that part that is one of my favorites too (laughs) and they're throwing the ribbons around they're just like in utter chaos (laughs) oh I love it yeah that is a great scene so who's your favorite character in Pride and Prejudice? Oh, that's so hard. I think, oh, geez. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, well, I think one of the obvious choices is Mr. Darcy. I think because, you know, you have that first scene of him where he's rude and a little bit snobby, but then he does so many good things the rest of the story that you just, he just has such a good heart, you know, and you just love that and you just want every man you ever fall in love with to be just have such a good heart and I think that I love too that he's not like the like Charles Bingley as much as I love him he's perfect right like he's he knows exactly what to say he sweeps Jane off her feet you know it's like he's just so kind and perfect and then Mr. Darcy's like awkward and bumbling and says the wrong things and I like I love that And, (laughs) and I also like I also love Mr. Bennett I think because he I think he was ahead of his time as a father during that time of, you know, during the 1800s, because I think that, I don't know, I think he, (laughs) I mean, I guess he's silly and teasing with his wife, but I think ultimately, like, he lets his daughters kind of decide their fate, where I feel like so many fathers in that era were so, like, insistent on it, you know, choosing who could marry their daughters, and I don't know, I guess I just, I appreciate that he kind of lets his daughters do their thing and be independent, and I love that. I, I would have to say those two, those two men are my favorite characters. (laughs) 
I love Mr. Bennett too. We had a whole discussion that I remember from my Jane Austen class in college about Mr. Bennett and, you know, which way do you read him? Mm -hmm. Is he really does he really not love his wife and so therefore he's really sarcastic to her or or does he love her but he's just kind of teasing her because she is a little bit silly but he loves her anyways and then with his daughters is he truly uninterested like uh well things will work out even if you guys don't get this house (laughs) or is he wanting uh wanting their best interest you know and and therefore letting them choose their own path oh for sure i know and that's it's funny that you bring that up because i think we had a very similar discussion in my jane austen course but I always wanted to like, because the book was so like ended so happy and was just so happy to be in a lot of facets. I was like, I refused to think that Mr. (laughs) Bennett was in a bad marriage. You know, like I just didn't want to think that like, oh, he didn't love his wife or his daughters, you know? So I, um, I chose, I chose and choose now to read him like, like the father I described. But I think that touches on an interesting point and something going back to Jane Austen's universality. Is that a word? Universality? Absolutely. Universally? I don't know. (laughs) The fact that her books are Truth universally acknowledged? Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is that like all of those characters are just so real and so 3D and you can read them in so many different ways. They're just, they are such real people. They're not just like flat characters on a page. You know, they, I don't know. And that's what I love. I think I love about every character. Why it's hard to choose a single favorite character. They're flawed, which is what makes them realistic and and fun to Mm -hmm. read about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I love that. Love all the characters really. But yeah, Mr. Bennett's a good one, I think. (laughs) I do like that he grows as a character too, because after we see what Mm -hmm. happens with Lydia, she runs off with Wickham and then you know kitty's like well can i do this or go that and he's like no never and like yeah <laughs> yeah he's like yeah. realized that he was too lack and so he yeah tightens down a little yeah. bit and yeah well i think i love that we can see growth in even secondary characters you know like again real people like you don't feel like you're you're reading about a character that was thrown in for the sake of like oh somebody needs a father like no he's a real person he has his own story and it may not be the story we're reading but he does have one you know and i love that it makes it so such a deep book. I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, Maddie, are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now your me. your answers <laughs> don't have to be Pride and Prejudice related. Just whatever comes to mind. Perfect. So, who is your favorite fictional protagonist? <gasps> oh. Okay, I'm going to have to say Eleanor Dashwood from Sense and Sensibility. Of course, Elizabeth Bennet from Pride and Prejudice. And if you can count Hermione Granger. I just love her so much. I, I think just, so. I think she's, she's one of the amazing. main three. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, she's not necessarily told from her perspective, but she's a big character and I just, I love, I adore her. So yeah, final answers. So s- strong I mean, that was, female lead. <laughs> that was three, not <laughs> one. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Cheater. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Sorry. These are rapid fire. It's supposed to be kept to one, <laughs> but I can't narrow down those three. Like I just love those three, you know, perpetually. So yeah. Yep. Those are, are fantastic. <laughs> Eleanor Dashwood has always yeah. been one of my favorite characters of all times. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's amazing. Here's a good question, because I just remembered in my Jane Austen class, we had to, we were just talking one time when we were picking a Jane Austen character that we were most like, and I picked mm-hmm. Eleanor Dashwood because she's kind of a, a motherly I definitely figure, see that. even mm-hmm. though her mom is there. She, a lot of times she plays yes. the mother role more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you had to pick a Jane Austen character that you think embodies you who would it be i think it would be eleanor dashwood honestly because well i i think i love the dashwoods because i also have a younger i have two younger sisters <laughs> and so i felt like the three Relatable. of us were kind of like <laughs> you know it's really and i'm the oldest of so um so i relate to eleanor 
far more than I relate to Jane being or uh, Jane Bennett, I think. I feel like the dynamic between Eleanor and Marianne was very similar to the dynamic between me and my the sister just below me and the way we would act in the put in those same situations is very similar and so I feel like I always just when I read Sense and Sensibility or watch the movie I'm just like I just see me and my sisters just superimposed right there in that movie <laughs> and so I, so I think yeah like you I would be Eleanor Dashwood for sure that's why we're such kindred spirits <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> and I'm honored to be so <laughs> I love that Eleanor is, she's sensible, which I feel like I am, but then she's also a hopeless romantic, but Mm -hmm. she kind of keeps it undercover for as much as she can. Yes, yes. She approaches it in a much more sensible way than Marianne does, (laughs) which I, yeah. (laughs) So who is your favorite fictional villain? Oh, Darth Vader. Absolutely. Because... (laughs) <laughs> because I know let's bring up you know Star Wars in a Pride and Prejudice podcast but um <laughs> they're absolutely the same you know oh absolutely so we absolutely. could draw a I whole love- different podcast about Pride and Prejudice and Star Wars you know <laughs> absolutely and let's do that let's do that round two <laughs> um <laughs> but um I think that I know that the prequel trilogy is a very controversial trilogy to a lot of people but I think it's one of the best things that George Lucas could have done for his story because it takes the villain and just humanizes him so much like we see you know him as a little boy pod racing and then him growing up and learning and being a jedi and falling in love and then third movie going to great lengths to protect that love because he's so afraid of losing it and i think that just like really humanizes him because like have we all haven't we all gone through things like that haven't we all been afraid of losing love haven't we all had those like oh i want to win the pod race even though the odds are stacked against me kind of thing and then you see a little bit of darth vader and everybody i mean like we're all not we're not all villains but we all have a little bit of darth vader in us i guess and so i don't know i just think it was so smart of them to to tell darth vader's story and to let us connect so deeply to him and watch his fall from grace you know, before we watch his ultimate redemption in the in the original trilogy. I just, I love Darth Vader so much. He will never not be my favorite. <laughs> or he will always that. be my favorite, I suppose I should say. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Anytime we get a, a more three-dimensional humanized villain where you can kind of see their side or kind of see where they're coming from, I love it. Yeah. Oh, me too. Of all of the Jane Austen movies that have been made, what's your favorite movie adaptation of one of her books? Oh, that's so hard. I do love the, like we talked about previously, the beautiful Keira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice. But I love um, Emma because I think that Gwyneth Paltrow was the perfect Emma. <laughs> Emma's a very um, polarizing character. <laughs> I think that <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow yes, did so I can't good with stand her. her. <laughs> <laughs> I like yes, that movie, see? but Emma as a character drives me nuts. And so yes. that book is my least favorite Austen novel. <laughs> yes i've i've heard that like so many and like i love it i think it's hilarious how just ridiculous emma is you know and i just i think it's yeah i don't know i love it so yeah i would have to i think say emma i mean you can't go wrong they're all so good but but yeah final answer emma <laughs> now being an author yourself would you consider writing a regency romance yes actually i'm working on one right now oh that's um, exciting so that's it's so fun i love just diving into that world and you know i've read a lot of Jane Austen and a lot of like historical romance but writing it I just wasn't sure I just wasn't like I guess aware of all of the social idiosyncrasies of you know the early 1800s and so that's been fun to dive in and learn kind of the they were such a detailed society honestly (laughs) (laughs) um 
so many rules oh so many just even about like visiting your friends like you had to go at a certain time depending on how much you knew the friend and you know you had to stay only a certain amount of time and you had to there's a (laughs) you know like you literally had a calling card and you had to leave it and you had to and they could they could choose to accept it or not and it was it's just so funny and just like little things like that so it's been so fun to like learn about those things that you know were just so natural to Jane Austen because that's the life she lived but for me that's not so it's been fun to dive into that and research and work in that world that I love so much yeah that would be a lot of research (laughs) but I'm super excited I can't wait well thank you (laughs) well from your book Hemiola which is your favorite character oh uh Max Monroe He's, He's my favorite the... too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah, he is the older brother to my main character, Navy. And Oh, he's just like the older brother. I, you know, I'm the oldest. I think I mentioned that um, before, but I'm the oldest and I always just wanted an older brother that could just kind of be like the protector and the, not possessive, I suppose, but just, you know, I don't know. And so I kind of wrote Max like uh, vicariously through like what I wanted, you know, (laughs) and I love him. I think he's fabulous. Yeah. As much as I love Micah and Navy's story, which is super cute. But when I was reading, I was like, Max, I just think every girl deserves a big brother like Max. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Like same, (laughs) which is why I wrote him. (laughs) I mean, so I I have three older brothers and none of them are like Max. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. So you need one of them to be like, hey, read this book. Be Max. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my brothers are all great, but we have bigger oh, age dif- age differences too so I think that yeah hindered and, and you know and I would yeah. hope that our son will be a max to his two younger sisters but yes at this point in time it's a Get little it time <laughs> <laughs> yes they're in that stage we're working on it it's cool to be the teasy older brother my fingers are crossed for you too <laughs> Now, when you're writing, what is your favorite snack to have? Oh, that's a good question. And it depends also, you know, on what I have in the house and what time of day it is. Well, less on what time of day it is. (laughs) (laughs) But I love chocolate chip cookies. So always would love, love to have a plate of chocolate chip cookies next to me. And if I'm in a more like salty mood, (laughs) I love cashews. So one or the other, sometimes both, you know, just simultaneously switching between the two of them. (laughs) Perfect perfect combo you know you gotta keep yourself energized and motivated Mm -hmm. to to continue writing yes you know and sometimes it's you know eight o'clock in the morning i'm like yeah you know i'm an adult i need a chocolate chip cookie (laughs) so so, yeah so i just there is nothing wrong with that i have moderation right (laughs) (laughs) moderation and all things i'll have eggs or oatmeal or something healthy the rest of the days but sometimes i need a chocolate chip cookie (laughs) Well, Madison, thank you so much for coming on and letting me interview you. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so fun. Would you like to sign us off with a happy beeps? Absolutely. Happy beeps. Happy beeps. (laughs) You can find Madison on Instagram at author Madison Bailey or at her website, authormadisonbailey.com. And her book, Hemiola, is available on Amazon.